For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Which, side note, clearly Summer Higgins has never peeled a potato in her <laughs> life. I mean, Monica's whipping through a potato, potato, potato. Girl, just, just put that way and go put the napkins on the table or something. Like, you have no... Far to say I was happy about the death from episode 6 of season 5 of Yellowstone, but I was happy that the principal characters all survived. If we're being honest, this tragedy brought some humanity and relief to an otherwise tense, over-the-top season. For an hour, we were cowboys again, and that felt pretty good. I'm Madison Hager, and if you're new, this episode of Dutton Rules features spoilers. Billy Dukes and I will assume you've watched and we'll attempt to break down and explain key plot points as well as uncover what's next for the Dentons, Chief Rainwater, and more. Last week we asked why everyone seems to hate Monica, and on Sunday, she kind of answered that herself. This week we'll ask if you believe Sarah Atwood's intentions are as pure as she'd have you believe. Top follow and leave a 5-star rating and review if possible, and then check out the archives for cast interviews with Brecca Merrill, Ryan Bingham, Cole Hauser, Luke Grimes, and more. Dutton Rules is the number one Yellowstone after show podcast, and we truly enjoyed the conversation. Emails and comments may be included on future episodes, but we always promise to keep it positive and respectful. That email address is staff at tasteofcountry.com. The focus of episode six was the sad death of a real cowboy, but there were other important moments between Jamie Dutton and Sarah Atwood, Summer Higgins and Monica, and Chief Rainwater and Angela Blue Thunder. The President of the United States is preparing to visit Montana, which led to one very uncomfortable scene involving the Secret Service. Too far? Billy Dukes is standing by and we're ready to discuss it all right now. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, Addison. Hello, Billy. I am so excited to talk today because we finally... We finally got some more cowboy-ish. A lot. So much of, like, cowboy stuff with the cattle, and it it felt good. Like, it didn't really take mm-hmm. all that nasty of a turn. A little bit sad, but it wasn't, like, it didn't come with, like, a price. And, and I thought that was perfect. It, it filled my soul. Yes. It also, I don't know about you, it made me want to go out there and do that with them. Are you joining me, Billy, on this? No. no i'm I'm not i mean i like a warm bed like sleeping under the stars i've done that but like i was a lot younger and like i know i'm gonna wake up my back's just gonna be in a way like no i'm i'm good watching it okay 
<laughs> that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Well, before we dive into last night's episode, what remind me what the trivia question was last week, and I want to know who won it. Well, last week's trivia question, you might have actually picked up the answer this week as well, but it pertained to the trailer for episode six that we saw at the very end of episode five. And then we saw, that, of course, the same scene in episode six. We see Summer. She's in the Dutton family cemetery, and we see her looking at several tombstones, including ones for James and for Margaret Dutton. But in the trailer, we also saw one for another female Dutton born in 1930. What was that female Dutton's name? I got nothing. What was it? Patience Dutton, born 1930 or 1931. And I got to give a shout out to Cheryl, who came through with the right answer. Cheryl, congratulations. And this is becoming the new reward for people who answered the question. Cheryl, today is your day. In fact, this is your week, Cheryl. Make the most of it. Doors are going to open for you. Opportunities are going to present themselves. Grab those opportunities like a, like a, by a, by the horns like they're a bull and just ride them because this is your world, Cheryl. We're all just passengers. Own this, baby. You got this. Let's give it up for Cheryl in here. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, Philly. Um, actually, yeah, when we're done with this podcast, you're gonna start a cameo account of just affirmations. That was that was beautiful. <laughs> I have been looking for a new side hustle. Uh, I, 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 I do I do want to point out that this might be a little bit of a clue as to where we're going with 1923, because we know there's a Patience Dutton born in 1930 that could either be like a child of one of the Dutton family, or it could be John Dutton, Kevin Costner's mother, Patience Dutton. Oh, do we not know his mother's name? We don't. Oh. Yeah, okay. yeah. So it could be either one there. So it actually could be like involved in the plot. Could be in a, a sneaky little thing there from Taylor. Okay, what is this week's trivia question? Well, of course, we know Summer Higgins is played by Piper Parabo, and she said that Taylor Sheridan wrote her role just for her. But what was Piper's inside connection to Yellowstone before she appeared as Summer Higgins? Oh, I remember we briefly talked about this a while back. Oh, that's a good question. I couldn't recall if I've actually used it as a trivia question before, but I, I do know we've talked about it. It's fairly Googleable, um, and I know I've written about it, but it's, it's a real obvious one that once you see it, you're like, oh, I don't want to say that's how she got the role, but it certainly helped. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, if you would like a daily affirmation from Billy by winning the trivia, you can email staff at tasteofcountry.com. That's where you can insert your trivia answer. All right, Billy, are we ready to dive into episode six, Cigarettes, Whiskey, A Meadow, and Fog? Quite quite the title. Rip off that Band-Aid. Okay, let's rip off the depressing Band-Aid. It was depressing, but actually sweet. Sweet, sweet Emmett, old man Emmett, um, who is a friend of John's, but also a cowboy. He dies. He dies while on the way to herd the cattle. It was it was a sweet death. I I was expecting someone a little bit. They they built us up for like a big tragic death. We said Lloyd, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
there was that music and the drama and the fast scenes. And it ended up just being kind of an obvious character because at the end of episode five, he even says to Emmett, he asks Emmett, you got one more ride in you? And it uh-huh. turns out to be his his last ride. Well, as soon as John and Emmett sat down, you know, for to go to sleep and they kind of, they just kept lingering on Emmett, you know, with him snoring and all the above. I knew mm-hmm. right then and there I was like, look, he's dying. Lloyd's living. My prediction was incorrect. He's not going to wake up. And he, he didn't wake up. Emmett ended up being a character that was really important to the Dutton family. They, they go way back. And we lear- later learned that Emmett was formerly like the head of Fish and Wildlife Services. Mm-hmm. But he was essentially just a local rancher, likely really good friends with John Dutton's father at some point. As far as his importance to the show, um, there wasn't much. Like he had a scene with Casey and then he started kind of appearing a lot during this season. Um, I agree. But his death, I don't really think changes all that much in terms of how we perceive this. No, I, I think what it does is it just leans into truly the the cowboy culture at the end of the day with with that episode. Just how Kev, uh, yeah. John was saying, you know, this is the best way for him to go. I mean, my my Papa Jay says all the time, he's like, if I can just be out on, the, uh, we have a family farm. He's like, if we could just, if I could just be out on the farm and that's how I go, just you know, falling asleep out there. He's like. Don't worry, that will be the happiest. You know what I mean? So it ended up being one of those, like, I didn't leave, you know, when Elsa Dutton died. Gosh, that was a tearjerker. Mm. You know, you were so sad. But with Emmett dying, even even when John went to console Emmett's wife, it was sad, but yet at the same time, like, I, I felt peaceful about it of, you know, this is the best way. He was old. He had lived a great life. And I don't know. I, I think that was interesting could we have done maybe without that scene? Like you had said, like how Emmett has been character wise in the story. Yeah, we we could have done without it. It wasn't a pivotal plot line, but I think it was really, it told the cowboy story and just like the cowboy culture. Well, it was very humanizing. And yeah. as it turns out, the woman, the, the person that we saw John hugging with the dark hair was, as you said, Emmett's wife. And that was, mm-hmm. that was a tearjerker of a scene. Cause I hadn't really given, too much thought to that couple. I mean, not certainly hadn't given consecutive thoughts to Emmett, but how about Emmett's wife going back for seconds after she learns of the death of her husband? It proves that time and good barbecue will heal all wounds, Addison, because she was right back up in there in that <laughs> feed line with a plate in her hand acting. There ain't nobody that's going to knock that I didn't woman out for a good I... spread. Gator's <laughs> serving, and she's like, you know what, my I husband didn't good think done. about that. This is one heck of a spread we got here. I, I'll grieve after this cob of corn. I'll eat for him. <laughs> yeah, so that means a little bit more on my plate there, young man. Oh my gosh, I didn't feel like that is so, so bad. I didn't even think about that. Oh my gosh. So I, did, I saw that they cut to her. And I'm like, oh wait, she's getting dessert? <laughs> wow, she is cowboy. That is something. Well... Oh my gosh, that just shows you where both of our brains go. Well, speaking of just that, uh, oh, what was it called? What did I write it down as? Oh, which speaking of that brunch, it was the branding brunch where mm-hmm. they're all coming back. They're branding the calves. You know, it's a really, it's, it's a really big deal, which I personally, before even watching this, didn't realize how big of a deal as it was. You know, they put on this big brunch. It, it looks really nice. I want to specifically talk Monica in the scene right before the brunch actually happens and they're setting up for it with the cook. Um, 
I love it. Monica was almost a little bit Beth-esque, but very much, much nicer, much uh, softer. (laughs) But with Summer, where Summer, you know, comes sauntering up and she asks Monica, you know, where can I go on a hike? And and Monica kind of looks at her of like, you know, you must be, you're not, you know, I can't remember if she said you must be new. You're not from around here. People from around here, you know, right. say, how can I help? Yes. And, you know, how ends yeah. up summer helps. But anyways, I just like, I liked seeing a little bit of sass of Monica. I was like, yes, girl. Yeah. she. I mean, she certainly is part of the family and, and puts summer right in her place. Not only there, which side note, clearly summer Higgins has never peeled a potato in her <laughs> life. Because I do not know what she was doing there. She's like peeling out and then she's peeling in. And she, I mean, Monica's whipping through a potato, potato, potato. Beth's, I mean, Summer's right. still working on that same damn potato the whole entire scene. It's like, girl, just just put that way and go put the napkins on the table or something. Like, you have no business in this yes. scene. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> but Monica does. She she not only um, totes the family line there, but even out in the cemetery, she kind of lets Summer know that. She's an outsider until she earns their trust. And she was, I think, a long, she is a long ways away from earning the family trust. I agree with that. Do you want to know a hot take I have about Summer? Yeah. Okay. So as you know, she's, which kind of ticks me off a little bit. It ticks me off as maybe a strong way to say that. It, It rubs me a little bit the wrong way in the sense that she went from, you know, so aggressive of, you know, I'm, I'm a vegan and, you know, conserve the land and what are you doing to these animals to now she's very, you know, chill, all melancholy, kind of like, okay, now I'm just going to figure out what the Dutton ranch is. Like we've truly like character personality has completely flopped or flipped. And anyways, but clearly she's taking more of like, okay, I'm going to go and see what this Dutton family is about. So at some point, she's going to fully probably, you know, go walk, whatever, hike over their land. And my hot take is that she's going to find where the wolves were buried, and then all hell is going to break loose. You think she's going to find Rip hasn't hidden them well enough. Yeah, I, I think because the why wolves would he be- are certainly gonna resurface I, that, I mean that's a big problem and she could be the one who stumbles upon them um do you think she spills or do you think maybe her affection for the redemption? family and for john is like she's she kind of proves her worth in that scene mm. no not buying that <laughs> well here's the thing <laughs> I, you know, Billy, I always lean for the hopeful of like, yes, I, I really hope, you know, just like Jamie and Beth, I really hope they, you know, mend yeah. their relationship. And then this, I'm like, yeah, I really hope Summer, you know, does the right thing. But I, I don't, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. But I think if you think about it, everyone's been warning John of like, you idiot to have Summer come live here for all the logistics, like forget the romance, forget, you know what I mean? Just like who she is. And what she stands for, you're an idiot. So I don't know. We've just been teeing that up a little too much. Well, the, the episode ended certainly with it, it looking like John's governorship was going to be in a bad way and, and something's going to risk getting him impeached. I don't believe he'll get impeached next episode, but I think maybe that'll be the maybe that'll be the cliffhanger as we lead towards the second half of this. Um, 
You know, the, the other thing that happened in that cemetery is Monica sort of answered your question, Addison, and you put this to fans. And if you want to go go there now, we can. Why do people hate Monica? She she yeah. kind of explains that through Beth a little bit and, and through the conversation about why Beth should hate her, but ultimately doesn't in, in that she's ultimately an outsider. Now, Beth has kind of sort of come to terms of that because she knows that Monica loves Casey. But us people watching and people watching who hate Monica don't maybe have give her that same sort of benefit of the doubt. So we've gotten some answers as to why people hate Monica. Ooh, ooh, I'm excited to hear them. Okay, go for it. A couple. Uh, Robin says the way she holds the Dutton family at such arm's length has been a turnoff to those of us who are passionately in love with that rough bunch. Hmm. That makes, I mean, uh, truly along the lines of what you just said earlier about, you know, Beth and all the above, I, that that makes sense. Hey, does she keep him at arm's length? I feel like she definitely did. But maybe this season, part of why people are embracing her a little bit more is because she is, in a lot of ways, embracing the ranch and the Duttons a little bit more than she has in seasons past. Correct. And and I think that's the caveat to that sentence is like now. But I think the frustration with Monica did not start this season. You know what she did this season, I think, is really sort of turning people around on her is that little giggle that she utters during the dinner scene from episode five when yes. it's so tense that little I just that little that, yeah. giggle like uh-huh. yeah and i i you did pick up on that and i i overlooked it to an extent but a lot of comments in our, both our youtube video and then the response to email are about that little bit of laughter where, where people are like i didn't like her but that made me like her a little bit she, more right she did what we were all thinking and no one else yeah. did. Yeah, Donna had a similar response that um, she says, because Monica does not love the ranch nor the family life there, her character has done nothing but try to keep Casey from the ranch. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that uh, kind of to your point a few seconds ago, I think we're going to see that change. Like, it's, see, even how they've had Taylor's had her, well, had Casey's family in general a lot in these past two episodes. I just, I could see that changing. I guess I would argue that Casey has been a pretty willing participant in leaving the ranch. Like, he's never seemed to really want there. And people are, are you know, they're they're angry at her for it. And when really he's been the one to sort of initiate a lot of that. You know, one thing before I want to talk about Jamie and the one and only Sarah Atwood in a hot second, but something that I, I, I feel so bad that I giggled over during the episode, but if you realize poor, poor Tate and Carter, both, you know, they are having rough little teen years. Both of them are in casts, you know, just not, I, I just feel bad for them. Like what are the, what's the irony here? You know, (laughs) Well, though, things are looking a little bit up for Carter, aren't they? Oh, true, true, true. Oh, yes. Got got a little yeah, lady friend hey. potential. Yeah. Picked himself <laughs> up a honey. Is really doing all he can to push her away. But little cutie still has eyes for him. Get you some, boy. That just made me think Ryan and uh, Lainey have more screen time here. But I will say, and I don't know how you feel about this, 
I don't really understand. Like, it doesn't. I think before this season aired, I thought this was going to be more of a plot line. And I think I even said that last episode. It's just kind of a random, like, Taylor really hasn't done, like, we see more of them this episode. But I'm like, I don't think we go anywhere from here. It's just kind of a random cameo. I, yeah, I agree. It, to me, it looks like it's just going to be a little bit of fluff. I think she will wake up in the bunkhouse next morning. Like, I have feeling like she's going <laughs> to. I don't know if it'll be like a, a, a Ryan or a Walker and Laramie type scene where they're in the shower. But I have a feeling like we'll see her at breakfast the next morning, maybe doing the walk of shame or something like that. <laughs> Alrighty, now that I got my two random caveats, you know, my two random tangents out of the way, let's talk about Jamie and Sarah Atwood, which I, I've just got to get this off my chest real quick before Billy, you talk. When she was, she was being so manipulative when she was saying, oh, you, do you really think I would just sleep with you just to get, you know, X, Y, Z, like I actually like you. And in my head, I was like, oh, Heck no, girl. This is such a lie. And then, of course, she goes, so you should run for governor. You know what I mean? I'm like, you you are not fooling anyone, honey. Edison, are you saying <laughs> are you saying that she's basically prostituting herself out uh, during this moment? Is that what? Yes, I am. That is what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> well, <laughs> I can tell you that 96 percent of the viewing audience agrees with you because yellowstone their twitter account did a poll where they basically asked if they believed sarah atwood um and 96 percent were saying no she's playing like she's she is Mm -hmm. she is still on the market equities payroll for all this so and i totally agree Mm -hmm. i mean her her intentions are not pure um she had she's trying to get jamie in line for governor somehow some way i don't really know how that's going to work um but they end up having quite the day, like two or three more times. They kind of just kick it and are seen in some sort of level of nudity. It's like that's they had a, an afternoon there for themselves. Well, I'm curious. Literally, what I had written down on my notes as I was watching is pretty much he just did a deal with the devil. And I think this signed his fate. I mean, number one, we've already seen John say, you know, I have three kids, not or no, no. He has two kids, not three. Um, but then also I think this could set up the downhill kind of role that we'll have to maybe Jamie dying. I could see all of that. Um, you know, I, I also don't really understand how, what her play is. Cause if John Dutton gets impeached, presumably the Lieutenant governor would take over as governor. Jamie's not the lieutenant governor, as far as I know. He's just the state's attorney. So I don't really know what her play is, like how the mechanics of all this plays out for. It makes sense on theory in the long term, but um, I, I don't know. It's interesting to key on. I think it's going to be a huge part of the next episode and a part of the cliffhanger as we go into the second half. But I, I'm not totally clear what how this works out mechanically for her. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Well, that situation, and then I'd also say the situation with rainwater, if you want to uh, touch on that a little bit. It, it was 
brief, but it's one of those that I'm like, ooh, this is this is a major potential plot line. We touched on it for five seconds, but I foresee it being continued. What happens there? Well, we find out that the president of the United States is going to be visiting the Broken Bow Reservation. And we find that out because like Mo is just having breakfast with his family. And by the way, that's Mo Brings Plenty's actual wife and kid. Uh, the actor's wife and kid. Oh, I didn't that know that. Part, cool. Which is interesting. Um, and yeah. it's the Secret Service. And he shows up and he, he finds out that the president's visiting. He had no idea this was happening. Chief Rainwater had no idea that this was happening, which put a pin in that for a second because that's a big problem. Uh, and what has happened is Angela Blue Thunder has uh, asked the president to speak to the reservation. The president has agreed. He's going to come speak and he's going to endorse that young man who was protesting earlier to be the next uh, chairman of the reservation. Uh, Chief Rainwater is essentially going to have to stand up on the stage and just sort of accept that, uh, which he doesn't seem too all, all that upset about because the, the president's endorsement doesn't really mean that much to him. I don't know that we'll actually see that scene. Like, I don't think we'll get a, a character playing the president anytime soon. It might just sort of happen in between episodes. Uh, mm -hmm. But it all happens around Rainwater's back. So they get there and the Secret Service are there and the, and they're shooting dogs, which that, that, I thought that was so excessive. Yeah, I, I really was. I don't know like, if why? that's an actual. I don't think that's a Secret Service thing. Um, but but if I'm wrong, please let me know. Staff at taste dot com dot com. Is that really a security threat where the Secret Service is just going to be plugging stray dogs? Um, didn't care for that at all, but. That's how it's all going to play out. I guess the president speaks and the drama sort of how this intersects with John Dutton's plot line. I can't figure mm -hmm. that out right now. How did Rainwater not knowing? How's that when you said you wanted to put a pin in that? What's the bigger picture there? Well, it's a big plot hole. And, and I, I, I got to give credit to the Fort, um, the Fort Worth Star Telegram for actually pointing this out. If a president was visiting anywhere, like every tiny detail would be nailed down, including background Correct. checks for anybody who was going to get it within a mile of them. Like rainwater True. wouldn't just be able to be on that stage without having a full and complete background check. Like hmm. there's no way rainwater wouldn't know the president was coming and it wouldn't be able to happen that last second. So it's True. just kind of a huge plot hole that the president would just sort of drop in. That would never happen where no one knew what was going on everybody would know and it'd be a, an entire thing. Um, but none of that obviously happened for this episode. I really, really enjoyed. I think my overall takeaway was one loved seeing more cowboying. That's something that we both had said would love to see more of. And it seems like as a whole, the Yellowstone uh, fans wanted to see more of that Loved that we saw that, but then also I loved seeing, and we didn't touch on this last episode, but something that I thought of, um, going forward when I had time to think over this week of Beth, you know, has been scared around horses. And it was interesting to see how she so willingly was like, I want to go with you. And it was cool seeing, you know, she didn't, she did tell Rip, you know, you can't ever call this, this work, but, and it showed that, you know, clearly she was enjoying herself, but just her demeanor on the horse and how the shots that they did do of her, it was, you know, her looking truly in her element and back to her roots. And I, I saw us, I wouldn't even say like a softer version of Beth. I know I keep saying I want to see more of that, but just cool of a little bit more of an understanding of where she came from and really, you know, her roots. I thought I really enjoyed without verbal 
words necessarily from her as much. It was more the actions and the shots that they did of her that I really enjoyed seeing this episode. It felt like the episode felt like a, like a refreshing rain, a needed refreshing rain. to yeah. me. Like It just felt pure yeah, that's good. and good from, from start to finish. Um, I learned some things yeah. about ranch lifestyle and what they were doing. I, I didn't know what a picket line was. Do you know what a picket line is? Okay. I've, I really, if my brothers are listening, they were going to be so defeated. I really should know what that is. And th- I know the word. Do you, can you, can you elaborate, Billy? <laughs> well, I'm not going to pretend I'm an expert, so I could be slightly wrong, but I believe it's, it's essentially just some temporary type of fencing where you, you stick a rope in the ground while using a stake and then run it a distance, kind of just to co- loosely contain the animals for like an overnight on one of these drives. Um, that's essentially what, uh, how I understand yeah, the picket cool. line. And my, my, my source there isn't any intimate knowledge or any, I didn't talk to any, my source there is the internet. Just Google. If you've heard of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but the things like that, I mean, I, I love that. I mean, you, you and I both have kind of enjoyed those kind of things through 1883 and this, and we got a yeah. lot of that in 1883, maybe even to some of the details, but just being able to sort of understand the way of life a little bit better, I think is, is really valuable for what the show's big purpose is, uh, forcing yeah, people to look absolutely. up some of these things. Um, and we had kind of gotten away with that. So I was I was loving ha- getting to Google some of these types of things throughout this episode. Yeah, overall, a favorite episode so far of season five. And it kind of sounds like yours as well. I liked it. I don't know if it was my favorite yet. I mean, we'll kind of <laughs> wait and see. Um, I mean, there were some more action so far, episodes that I so liked far. quite a bit. But right. Um, yeah, it was good. It felt good. Don't forget, staff at Taste of Country is where you guys can let us know what was your favorite part of this last episode if you enjoy um, the cowboy as much as Billy and I did. Okay, Billy, are you ready for some Q&A from listeners? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. The first one I have for us is from Tracy saying, I agree that the Yellowstone storyline is winding down, but I'm hopeful that the spinoff and prequel story will take place during John's childhood with Josh Lucas. Maybe 1973 or 1963, another 40-year interval. What's your thoughts, Billy? I'm hoping for like a 1993, to be honest, because I really agree with her that I like Josh Lucas as John Dutton quite a bit. Like his character is really interesting. So just kind of getting to see him um, taking over the ranch and running things. And maybe that intersects a little bit with like the coming of Rip to the ranch. But that would be like my sweet spot. And I I feel like it's not unlikely that we're going to get another prequel. Like he seems to be doing in 40 year increments. Maybe we'll get the 1963 and then hell, maybe we'll get two. We'll get a 1963 and a 2003. Like that would be, that'd be a lot. And I know that's asking a lot, but I'd be here for the Josh Lucas version. No doubt about it. Sophie says, enjoyed seeing Monica find some levity. Her character always has been sad, conflicted and a downer more of her and less of Beth. Sheridan has rich developing characters for the most part, but Beth and Jamie are dragging each other down a drain. I would love to see them arc up into mature, likable people. You know, Sophie, I would agree with that last <laughs> sentence. I I have officially come, <laughs> Yeah, I have officially if you've been listening, you know I am pro, like let's mend that sibling relationship. I don't 
think we're gonna have it. I think some out of those two, Jamie's gonna die, and that's just one that is just never gonna get resolved. I agree. I I think they both can't survive in this world, and I would love to see Beth as a person we know that can be crazy instead of a person that we know as crazy, if that makes sense. I agree. Well, and to Sophie, to your point of, and I think that's why a lot of people haven't loved Monica to her point about Monica in the beginning, where she was saying the character has always been sad, conflicted and a downer. She, she has been. So I, I do think that's kind of the, in addition to Billy, what you said earlier of she hasn't really been a push pro Dutton family. She's kind of pulled Casey away a little bit and Casey hasn't really fought back on that. But, um, you know, I think disposition and who she is as just kind of a human. Yeah. <laughs> just how, she, I don't know if you could hear that email. Okay, sorry. Let me redo that. Just how she is as, you know, a human being sad, conflicted in a downer, like Sophie said. I think that's, like, anytime she would show up on the scene, it was like, up oh, here we go. Okay. Right. Yeah, I agree. Alrighty, last one I have for us is from Diane saying, Oh, suck it up. Family is complicated. He decided she would never have children. He will die. He meaning Jamie. I, I want to preface that. And she meaning Beth. <laughs> so this is an interesting one because in a YouTube video, I had asked who people were rooting for, Summer or Beth, when it came to that fight. And it was kind of a 50-50 mm -hmm. divide, which I, I guess I kind of expected. Maybe even a little bit more people rooting for Beth than Summer. But this... A lot of people have this opinion, and while not sensitive, and I think offensive to another large group of people, I do think it is a, an opinion shared by a lot of people that Beth needs to kind of just get over what Jamie did to her. And this is a really sensitive topic because I, I feel like there's people that can relate to what happens to Beth who can't have kids, and to tell those people to just get over it is certainly very rude and, and insensitive to what they're going through. But I think it, her opinion represents what a lot of people are saying, that she needs to find a way through counseling or, or something to kind of get what, get past it right. so they can kind of have a, uh, a nurturing relationship. I don't think it's going to happen ever. Um, yeah. I thought Jamie's apology there on the highway in episode five was probably about as close as we'll have to an opportunity to her accepting that um, it, it, it's, it was something he regrets as well. Um, I agree. But there are a lot of people who just say, Beth, get past it um, for better or for worse. Staff at tasteofcountry.com is the place for you to email questions, comments, and corrections, and of course, to answer today's trivia question. That's Billy Dukes, who, among other things, is not here for anyone that can't peel a potato correctly. Dutton Rules at Yellowstone 1923 podcast is written by myself and Billy with the help from Sterling Whitaker and is edited by Billy. Be sure to leave a rating review if you listen on Apple Podcasts, and we will return on Thursday with another cast interview. Next week, we'll start to break down 1923 as well as recap Yellowstone. Coming soon, highlights from conversations with the cast of 1923, which begins on December 18th on Paramount+. Plus. I'm Addison Haker, and I'd just like to say that we really appreciate you joining this conversation with us weekly. As always, Dutton Rules, a Yellowstone and 1923 podcast is another great Townsquare Media podcast.
for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.